0: Hello there, welcome back to a new episode of Project 25. It is September, oh my god. (laughs) I can't believe the year has gone by so fast. But anyways, I am here and for today, I had the pleasure of interviewing a dear friend that I made during the COVID pandemic. (laughs) Andrea, also known as... A.C. Conte. Conte is a writer and screenwriter focused on science fiction, horror, and thrillers. In 2019, she participated in Ellipsis, an anthology by the British Council and iFestival Querétaro in Mexico. Nowadays, she writes for the website Bandapalabra.com and looks forward to the publication of two anthologies in which she was selected. AC will soon record Las Hijas de la Noche, The Daughters of the Night, a horror short that she wrote. I met Andrea at a screenwriting program based in Mexico that I took online, and we connected because we both had history in Calgary and had similar jobs, but most importantly had a passion for TV shows and storytelling, so the rest was history, honey. (laughs) I knew a little bit about her story, but I was very excited to know her more and it was a delight to talk with her. In this conversation, AC talks about self-doubt, traveling, and meeting rock bands in her 20s, as well as about the opportunities, people, and experiences that have pushed her to pursue her dream of becoming a writer. I hope that this episode serves as inspiration, and wherever you are in the world, You enjoy it like a warm cup of tea, or coffee, or your drink of preference. Enjoy! Project 25 was born out of the obsession that we have of figuring things out. Being a 25-year-old or a 20-something is weird because it's fun, confusing, and exciting all at once. (laughs) It's an age where we realize that maybe the goals we had for ourselves weren't really ours to begin with. An age of tons of learning and unlearning, and an age of frequently asking ourselves, what am I doing? And that leaves us with a lot of uncertainty. I'm Andrea Juarez, and I created this project after hitting my quarter-life crisis. (laughs) I decided to look for answers and ask my family members, friends, and people I admire about their experiences being 25 what has changed, what they've learned, and their advice for the new generation of 20-somethings. There is a lot to live and learn, and I am a firm believer that listening is a powerful tool. Even if all the answers are within us, by listening to others, we can feel understood, but also reflect on ourselves, learn, and think about what we want for our present and for our future. Hi, Andrea. Thank you very much for being here. <laughs> Hi. I
1: think it's kind of
0: funny because we were just doing the spinal version and we had to do like a brain switch.
1: <laughs> yes, and I, I, I don't know if I'll remember everything I just said. It's <laughs> going to be either
0: the same interview or a whole different interview. It could be both. Some things may come to you and, yeah. and other <laughs> things that didn't come up on the yeah. previous so should, interview, they'll come up. Yeah, so
1: People should listen to both interviews just in case
0: yeah (laughs) so thank you very much andrea for being here i am very happy like i mentioned previously well i know more now but you know from our like we met on the screenwriting course and each of us like kind of like chatted a little bit about ourselves and you were mentioning how you lived in calgary and that's why we really connected and bonded which is insane because i never thought that anyone in the course will know about calgary like I thought, it, people would be like, "Oh, you live in Canada, Vancouver, Toronto," and then I was Calgary, and you were like, "Oh my gosh, I'm in Calgary." It
1: was insane. I remember yeah. I I, <laughs> I wrote to you in private, and I was like, "Wait
0: a second, I need to know more." But <laughs> so that was how we met, and ever since then, we've like kept in touch, and we've we formed this friendship and for love for writing so I am very happy to have you here I'm excited and now I want to ask you what is your age title or how will you describe yourself?
1: My age is something people don't believe when they see me but I'm 33. My title is a writer and screenwriter but I also study marketing so it's a mixture of a bunch of things. And how would I describe myself? I will describe myself as as someone who is very inside her head. I normally not don't pay attention to reality, and I'm just in like I don't know, living in another world, trying to tell a story to myself. I don't know. It's complicated, I guess, to explain. I'm also very shy, and I get very anxious. And I'm a perfectionist that has a hard time when things aren't perfect. So, but I'm working on it and some days are easier than others and I'll just take one battle at a time. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's a sum up version just so I don't take the whole hour talking about how will I describe myself? Because even I don't know. I feel like we also change
0: Yeah, every day,
1: all the time.
0: Yeah. And Andrea, thank you very much. And I want to ask you so, what did you do when you were 25? Were you studying or working, or what were your hobbies? Yeah, where did you spend your time in?
1: When I was 25, I was an au pair living in Maryland, in the States, very close to Washington, D.C. I spent most of my time in museums, going to free concerts, um, meeting bands for free, like taking pictures with them and bands that I never even knew about. And I was like, I'm your super one fan. (laughs) It was a fun time, actually. Like, I don't really get in trouble. I don't, I don't really drink that much. So to have these experiences, it was a lot of fun. I was living in a, with a family that had five kids. It was crazy, but it was never a dull moment. I had a lot of fun with them. There were, of course, they Days that were easier than others. But overall, I loved my time there. I loved them.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And Andrea, because we were talking about this a little bit on the previous interview, because 25 was also an age where there was a lot of change in your life. So I wanted to ask you, you were busy with this family with five kids and busy having fun as well. But there were also many changes, right? So what do you think when you were 25? Did you have a vision of how your life should be like? Or did you have a vision of how the world should be like? Did you follow a religion? Or did you have a big, a big belief? Where was your mind at at that age?
1: I didn't really have a religion. I've never really been a, the religious type. Like I grew up religious but then that kind of changed as I grew older so I think I was so in my head about things that I wanted to do and I was also saying goodbye to this family that I have been with for like two years so it was hard because I was closing these doors with them and I wasn't sure where I was going because I was going back to Mexico without really having a job or anything so I was really living on my savings and I didn't know what to expect when I was going back because I I was just so comfortable where I was, but I couldn't stay. And that was heartbreaking because I did want to stay. But it's very hard to to find a work visa because work visas are extremely difficult. <laughs> and I knew my, my sit-in visa or my opera visa was expiring and I couldn't renew it anymore. That was it. So I was enjoying. Everything I had as much as I could, but I was also struggling with the fact that I had no idea how I was going to be on my own. Because going back, living with your parents when you're 25, after being so independent for so long, it's complicated. So I think I was anxious because I didn't want to be a burden, but at the same time, I didn't know what to do. I knew there were things I wanted to do but I didn't have the money or I just didn't have the papers for it. And I was also, I had just studied screenwriting at Georgetown university and I knew I wanted to write. And I, my friends were like, you should start a blog, and just go from there. And I did, and people weren't really reading it, but strangers were. And I was like, well, if some strangers are reading it, then there's something there, but I still wasn't too sure about whether writing was in the cards for me i knew i wanted to be a writer i just wasn't sure about my talent so i was definitely questioning a lot of things i wasn't sure i knew kind of what i wanted but at the same time i was so insecure that i didn't know if i had it in me so yeah i think that kind of sums it up
0: thanks for sharing that <laughs> Maybe it happens to a lot of us
1: <laughs> yeah
0: And Andrea, this question, I kind of like, I think we kind of talked about this, but I was wondering if you want to share the anecdote you shared with me earlier. So besides those thoughts that you had back then, you were also having fun, right? Like you mentioned too, that you were enjoying, especially because you were saying like, well, my visa is expiring and then you were making the best of it, right? So, what was one of the craziest or funniest things you did at twenty-five? It doesn't matter if you don't drink, but we all have funny anecdotes, and you share. One I was gonna things? say this is
1: the same thing that I I said before. <laughs> so as I said, I was meeting a lot of bands. I was living the dream of going to concerts, and I they were either very cheap or free, which was amazing, and I got to meet. Basically, all the bands that I went to see. That's crazy. And my favorite band, I got to see them two times. They're no longer together. But their name was Civil Twilight, and I just stopped them. Now, I, my goal is to be the number one fan of another band. And I talked to them, I DM them. No, they DM me, because I posted about them, because they were on my Spotify rap. And I was like, woo, look, they're amazing. <laughs> And they shared it. And I was like, you should come to Mexico. And they're like, that's awesome. But we're very far away because both bands are from South Africa. <laughs> so yeah, they were a long way from Mexico. But yeah, go the rodeo. You should <laughs> not go the rodeo. <laughs> I was so excited to see Civil Twilight because <laughs> they had, for the last album, they had Kickstarter to get money for the, I believe they were trying to do the distribution sell the albums everywhere. So <laughs> I gave them money. And so, you know, when you do these things, you get rewards for the money that you give. And one of the rewards was that I got to have my name, AC Conte, on the album, like uh on the thank you or something like that. I don't know. And I was so excited because I was like, in some way, after all these years of being a fan, I get to be a part, even if I didn't have anything to do with the album. I get to be there in some way. And it was so special for me. And I went to see them, and I dragged two of my friends to see them. They had no idea who they were, and they were like, okay. (laughs) And we went to this place in the middle of nowhere, and it was so creepy. And even the band band said, this place is like we were not sure. (laughs) And it was funny, but it was crazy. And so they played and at the end when it was all over, they were like, we're going to hang if you want to hang. And so I was like, I told my friends, like, we're not going anywhere until I meet them. Because there's no way (laughs) we came all the way here to Virginia in the middle of nowhere. (laughs) And we're not meeting them. And they were so nice. They couldn't be nicer. And I remember I told one of them that I gave money for the Kickstarter and that my name was on the album. And he was like, have you seen the album? I was like, no, it's, it says it's on its way, but I haven't seen it. And he's like, give me a second. And then he ran and he got an album and he opened it. And he was like, show me which one's your name. And I was like, this is my name. And it's a easy content. And he goes and he signs it. And then the lead signs it. And then the drummer signs it. And I'm like, so happy. And there's just like, that's one of the greatest days of my life they were so nice they couldn't like i said they couldn't be nicer and they were so excited to meet me and they were just so grateful and i was like i didn't really do anything i just gave you money yes. <laughs> and you know it's a lot <laughs> yeah, yeah and a pair of money wasn't that much so i was like but i was like this is worth it like this is helping someone's dream come true and there's no it way is. I'm, it, there's yes. no way i'm i was gonna let this opportunity if i had the money i was like i'm gonna help you <laughs> And so then I got to, like, my, my family came over to, like, before I went back, they wanted to to do like this trip together. So my uncle and his family flew to Washington, D.C. And then I was so proud because I saved so much money that I was able to buy tickets for my mom and my grandma to join us on this trip. And then I was able to buy them tickets so we, the three of us could go to New York and spend some time because also my grandma lived there when she was little and she always Aww. missed yeah she always talks about it and she really misses living there and she has fun memories of new york so it was really nice to go there and to have to see her after so many years yeah, like to how see her changed yeah and everything. Yeah. yeah and to see her and she was like she there were particular things that she wanted to do so it was really nice. I'm really proud that I was able at 25 to buy them tickets and to yes. do this and to get them there and to have them be part of it. So of course, my mom, because she has a problem with gravity, like they, like the day after she got there, she tripped and she like messed up her leg. And it was a whole like she twisted her ankle and it was a whole thing. Like they were only there for like seven days. But yeah. my mom just like she trips everywhere <laughs> during that trip still twilight was coming again but now to washington dc they're playing at this hotel and i told my aunt like will you come with me there's no way i'm missing on this concert (laughs) they like the rest of the family can go see washington dc we should go to. i'm going if you want to go like it's so cheap that we can both go and she was like okay let's go and so we went there and then i was like i'm gonna see what they're selling T-shirts and I don't know what they were selling, but yeah, probably T-shirts and stuff. And I was there and there was a line of girls and I, I looked at them and I started chit-chatting with them. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I just like saw them and I was able to meet them and they were, they're just the coolest and they're so nice. And one of the girls looks at me and she's like, you know, we won these for like a radio contest, but my husband is sitting at the bar and he has no interest in going in there. So I'm really just going by myself, but I have a plus one. If you want to join us, we can go in and you can see the band again. And I was like, hold on. And I went, I ran and told my my aunt, I'm like, I'm so sorry. You're going to be alone with the opening band because I'm going to go backstage (laughs) and meet them again because there's no way I'm missing out on this opportunity. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, exactly. I was like, "Mm." and so I went back there and... If you go backstage, you normally will think that there will be, like, alcohol everywhere or, like, there will be, like, crazy things happening. But it was, like, there were hamburgers and milkshakes and there was a priest talking to the lead singer, which was crazy. And I remember, like, me and another girl we were at, because we started talking to the drummer, and we were, like, so what's the deal with the priest? (laughs) And he's, like, oh, he's a childhood friend of his and, like. Um, he's now in, in, in D.C., so now they're catching up. And I was like, this is so random. <laughs> the least thing you will expect backstage is to see a priest.
0: But, yeah. yeah, Especially <laughs> for a rock band, I'm assuming?
1: They're like indie, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Still,
0: yeah. even for an indie band.
1: It was, yeah, yeah. Crazy times to be alive. Like the most random thing, but I loved it. It was like, yeah.
0: I love when random things happen. I love random things.
1: So yeah, that's the funniest Probably like yeah, I loved it. They were just amazing.
0: I love that story. Thank you very much for sharing. Now let's make
1: Golder Rodeo come to Mexico City so this can happen.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I love a an amazing fangirl moment like that. And from when you were 25 to this day, I know there have been a lot of changes. So I want to ask you, yeah, what has changed in the world, in yourself? For example, the band you saw is no longer, like, it's separated, right? So many changes. But yeah, what has changed in the world, in yourself, in your environment? What has changed? I think that
1: I'm not as hard as, on myself as I used to be. Like, I used to be so hard. But now, I think I give myself a bit more of, like, I try to be more aware of when I'm being too hard on myself so I can take a second and tell myself that it's okay if I mess up like I don't have to take it to a place where it just weighs on me in ways that it shouldn't I think I'm also more determined to be a writer or a a screenwriter than I was before like I believe more in myself than I did when I was 25, for sure, or when I was younger, like I started writing, or I found my passion for writing when I was 16, and I couldn't talk to anyone, and I really had no friends. I felt so alone. So I started writing, and I realized that if I put it in paper, that it was a way of expressing what I couldn't tell anyone or what nobody was willing to listen to. I I also stand up for myself a lot more than I used to. I used to like be like, oh, don't look at me. It's fine. <laughs> I don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to be the cause of trouble or create a problem. Um, so now I'm more like, no, this is going to be a problem because it's a problem. So I'm going to speak up and I'm going to defend myself. There are days that are easier than others, but I, I try my best to bring myself to be involved in conversations that might not be comfortable. There has to be uncomfortable conversations because if something is bugging you you should talk about it because if you don't talk nobody's going to know that there's something wrong so i think that has changed i've also been i'm a very anxious person especially like i used to be very anxious if i stayed in one place for too long and i was always looking for the next place to go to like i spent most of my 20s moving from place to place or trying to like i will get here and then to Mexico and i'll be like no i need to go like I've been here for a month and that's which is too much. And now in my 30s, I've been here in Mexico City for about four years, I think. (laughs) And this is the longest I've lived in a place since I was like 18. So it's crazy (laughs) to think how I used to be like, no, I can't, I can't, I I need to go, I need to find like it, it just it will. These sleepless nights of me just trying to figure out where I wanted to go next, how I could leave, or what opportunities were out there that I could take without money. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's crazy. Now that I think about it, it's like some of my decisions were not the best. I don't know, (laughs) but I made the best out of it. Like I was like, you know, this was a terrible decision, but we'll just power through.
0: And that's how um, you learn too, right? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it showed me that even after a bad decision, there's something there that there was a lesson there for me to <laughs> to take home. But yeah, now that I'm I've been here, like I don't mind as much. Like if I have to stay here another year or maybe two years more, like that's fine. It doesn't weigh on me the way it used to.
0: Thank you. And yeah, like. Like you said, there were some lessons there, and also you were doing the best you could with the knowledge that you had and the resources, right? I feel like sometimes we, or at least I am a bit similar to you in the sense that I used to be like, yeah, punish myself or be like, no, like you know, be like I was a bitch to myself, <laughs> like oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't have done that or this and that, but it's like no, you were doing the You did the best you could with the knowledge and the resources that you had.
1: And, you know, I used to build myself by how others perceived me or how others saw me. And I realized through the years just how dangerous that was because I view myself in the way that others view me, but only like everything that was wrong with me. So I... Like I said in the interview before, like I should have been nicer to myself because I was creating this version of me that wasn't even real. I wouldn't talk because they will find my like other people will find my voice annoying. So I will just shut up and not talk or, you know, I will be like talking to a guy and then the girls will be like, you're just flirting with him. And I was like, oh, I was just I thought I was just talking to like I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't even trying, like, I don't even like him. But I guess if you thought, like, so I will stop. I was like, oh, no. Things that I stopped doing because I was building my personality based on what other people thought I was doing wrong. And for someone like me that's incredibly perfectionist, that was that was hard. Because I was like, no, that's, oh, no, wait, no, that's not perfect of me. Like, I, I shouldn't. So, so, yeah, it's been a journey <laughs> to try to, like, let go of all of that. Especially because still when I was 25, I was still very recent and I was still not sure what I was or who I was or like, yeah, there were a lot of things that I, I should have not to listen to.
0: <laughs> but you did the best you could. The good yeah. thing is that you realized that yeah. you were like, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, you
1: know, and even if my voice is annoying and even if I was flirting with the guy, like why are oh, those? Yes, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> no. And why is that wrong? Like, unless the guy like, yeah, i um... mean <laughs> There are things that I would be like, yeah, of course, he's, he's married. I'm not going to flirt with him. But <laughs> I think there are things that I was like, oh, my gosh, this is just stupid. Now not that I think about it, it's like, no, I, I should have spoke up. Like, even if she found it annoying, like my voice or whatever, that's no reason for me to stay quiet. It's quite the journey for sure.
0: Yeah, thank you for your honesty and just being so sincere about that. Yeah, it's crazy how those public perceptions can affect us to get into that, like how we internalize them. But it, there's always the option to say, hey, "have you, and then just liberate yourself from that, right? And sometimes it happens at 25, but, and sometimes it may happen at 30 or at 50, but as long as we wake up and just, you know, and yeah. em- feel empowered, like empower ourselves, Just reject, yeah, and I like the things that aren't good for us or like the people. I think that you know, no matter at what age it happens, I'm happy that it happened for someone. You know, that like for example, I'm it sucks to hear like about that experience that you had, but at the same time, I can see myself in what you've experienced, and I'm sure that many people do as well. And I think we are lucky because we realized that early. But yeah, I don't know. I think I just went on a tangent. No, 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 it's fine. Because I was going to say, like a lot of things that people say about you or
1: things that they are thinking about themselves, it's not necessarily about you. You're just the easiest way to dump your things on. Like if you're not happy with you, the easiest thing to do is to put all those insecurities and all those things that you hate about you in someone else. And then that becomes someone else's complex and then you can wash your hands off. And I think I've learned. Through the years, that if someone says something about me, is it really about me or is it about them? Like, I, 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 we should question that more. Like, if someone finds myself, my voice annoying, for example, is it really about my voice or is it something else? Or is it the way I talk or is it the conversations that I bring to the table? Like, what is it specifically that this person doesn't like? Or is it that she herself doesn't like her voice. And then she just projected it into me because I'm the easy target that's going to foolishly believe it because I'm just so insecure. Then she can see right through me that yeah. I will take that weight with me instead of her taking accountability for what she feels about herself. So yeah, I think we should take more time, even when we say things about someone else. It's like, am I really talking about that person or am I talking about myself? Like, where is this coming from? Uh, yes very
0: interesting exactly what you said but also like we don't need to be liked by everyone right so like because we don't like even everyone either right no
1: it's impossible you can't like yeah nobody (laughs) everyone's not gonna like you and that's fine i think i think we are taught that we should be people policers and that we should You know, everyone should like you, but that's not true. And that's not going to happen. And, you know, in this world that runs on social media, it's not going to happen. People are always going to hate. And like I said, that hate, where it's coming from? Because, you know, it's very easy to write something awful about someone you don't know.
0: Yeah, 100%. Oh, I'm glad we chatted about this. Yeah, because, yeah, I saw myself in many of the things you mentioned. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, we got through that. So I'm yeah, yeah, we got through that. <laughs> yeah. But also, Andrea, now I wanted to ask you, what do you do and what are your beliefs now?
1: <laughs> what do I do? I do a bunch of things. <laughs> I am over a tour, so I do so many things at once. I'm a copywriter. I'm also studying to be, I- I'm studying a degree in marketing. And then I'm also writing for... Uh, Website that's called Banda Palabra. And I have my projects that are like, I have a TV show that I wrote that I'm kind of moving around to see if anyone buys it. If anyone's interested, please look me up on Instagram. I'm also working on projects. I'm trying to see if I got into this anthology with the um, short story that I wrote that's sci-fi, which I'm very excited because I'm so proud of that. It was one of the hardest things I've ever had to write so far and then yeah i'm trying to work on my own anthology book of short stories like science fiction so we'll see hopefully at some point in the future but i'm not getting anxious about it when it happens it happens and it's out of my control so yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's very exciting yeah i mean yeah absolutely when it's when i write it i'll show you
0: yes and i'm gonna add your instagram on the episode description
1: oh cool Producers, Producers, (laughs) bands, if there's a band out there (laughs) that wants me to see their shows for free, I will gladly go be the number one fangirl, even if I don't know you.
0: (laughs) Well, I think, I don't know if they do this anymore, but I think that there were like, I know this has happened, at least in the United States, where they pay people to go to concerts. Oh, really? That could also work.
1: I will get paid. For like
0: like (laughs) marketing purposes, right? If they're going to be taking videos. So it looks like they have fans and Um, everything. Yeah, I think that happened in the 2000s. I read somewhere. But yeah, it's funny how everything works. So you never know. You you never know. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, (laughs) I will definitely go. If it's a place that's convenient. Because I'm not going to go to like in the middle of nowhere in Mexico City at night. So... (laughs) Let's just keep it close to home.
0: But yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And Andrea, what has been, No, yeah, I'm going to ask you now, like, for example, you addressed, you know, breaking out of your insecurities, which can be a challenge, right? But in this 33 years, in this journey of 33 years, what has been your biggest challenge and how do you deal or dealt with it? What has been my biggest challenge? um i have had many challenges i don't remember what did i say in the interview you talked about your grandpa in aria
1: uh yeah okay yeah so yeah those are the yeah biggest challenges were their the passing of aria and my nono so when i was living in canada i was living with friends and they had uh two kids twins and aria the boys were nine and aria was four And I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I just knew I had, I needed a change of scenery. And I ended up there for whatever reason. And I've never been to Canada. So I stayed there until I figured out what to do, until I was allowed to. I also extended my visa to see, because I wanted to study there. And my friend's like, you should totally stay. And I was like, I would love to stay. (laughs) So it wasn't hard. It It was the easiest decision I've ever made. And so at the time that I was staying with them, they found out that their their daughter had been sick for a year. And then they, they knew it was cancer. But then when I was there, they found out that it was terminal cancer. So that was very hard. But Aria, like, hands down, she is the coolest kid I ever encountered. Like, she just was so funny. And she was so full of life. And if you saw her, like, you wouldn't even know that she had cancer. Like she just it didn't determine how she was supposed to live. I think it she just wanted to do so many things. And she was able to do so many things and her parents were just amazing and they they were there for everything. And I just have so much respect for them. And I know it wasn't easy. And for the time that I was with them, I know it wasn't. And they just made the best out of their time together. And it was just so incredible to see them through all of this and how they were there for each other. And so I truly did love Ari. I still do. I think that even if she's not here, that the, even when we think of our, our dead, especially in the Mexican culture where we have the Day of the Dead, well, the dead are always with us, um, especially if we remember them and we talk about them. They're just there. Just because they're not here physically doesn't mean we don't have them around. And so, yeah, losing her was definitely hard. It was hard to lose my Nono as well. But like, like I said, like, Things happen for a reason and he passed away in early twenty twenty and he would have hated the pandemic and it would have made his life miserable. And things happen for a reason and there's a reason he went so fast and within months he was gone and he just was done with life. Like you could see he was like, yeah, I'm done. And and it was like, it is what it is. Like, that's the way we're all going to go eventually, unfortunately. So, but it was very interesting to see all these different dynamics of how he went and then how this four-year-old that was so full of life and she just wanted to make the best out of everything. And then I lost my nono on uh, January 2020. And then Aria passed away on October 2020. That was just so hard. It was a hard year. But the thing about it is that as hard as it was, I have so many good memories of both of them. So I miss them every day, but they give me so much that I feel them. That's what I wanted to say. It's hard to give you a, like a, a, an answer that feels wholesome. <laughs> I feel like I there's a lot that I want to say, but at the same time, I don't know. We will stay
0: here for days. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, I'm sorry about your loss, but I also like what we mentioned in the previous episode and what you mentioned before too, right? Like as long as we remember them, mm-hmm. they're still with us, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's something very beautiful about our culture, the way that we see that. Yeah, because like honor it and, you know, honor the people and their lives and yeah, keep them in our minds, in our hearts, in their, in the yeah. altars. Yeah. That is very beautiful. <laughs> so Andrea, now I want to ask you, if you could share about a time in which you succeeded, whatever success means for you, what happened and what do you do?
1: When I moved back to mexico from canada i didn't know what to do with my life well i did i got into the like i came back because i got this job that i didn't really end up well but i this job for some reason gave me the means so i could study writing like actually study it was the first time that i would work on my writing and i was very happy i was studying creative (laughs) writing yeah so i was studying this degree not degree more like a diploma on creative writing and there was this thing that came out to participate and be selected for a program that was oh i don't think i mentioned this in the spanish version but so it was a collaboration between the Hay festival in queretaro and the british council in mexico so it was a it was very interesting thing to be a part of especially as an upcoming writer who's never had any writing experience before and any student could be a part of it like you just had to send in your papers and see if you got selected and I remember when I went to because they were starting to find participants for the second volume of the anthology that they um, published by the end of the program they were talking about the first volume and I went to see them and I went with my mom and we heard them talk and I was so excited and I went up to one of the people in charge of like mentoring the writers and I talked to her and I was like, so I don't go to university per per se. I do study creative writing. It's just not a university. It's a school for writers. It's just not really official. And she was like, no, you should totally apply because I'm fighting for people like you, that they're not really studying at the university, but you are studying. So you should apply. And I ended up working so hard on my application and I worked on my letter and I remember my letter of like intention and I I added a Ray Bradbury quote because I was like, this represents me. I'm such a sci-fi girl. (laughs) And I love Ray Bradbury. So I, I was... I need to send
0: you a video. I think you may
1: find it. Oh yeah, you should totally do.
0: Funny... Or creepy, but yeah, I think someone you may enjoy.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should totally do. Oh, yeah. And so I ended up getting selected. And I think that's one of, like, I was already, like, at the age limit. I was the oldest of the group. I was 29. And I think it was up to when I was, like, I think it was, like, the age limit was, like, 30, something like that. Like, the thing is, I was the oldest one. And I was not really, I was the only person that was the oldest one. And that I wasn't selected from a official university. So I was so proud that I got to be a part of this group. It was an amazing group. I loved them. We just clicked. I still talk to them. Like the girls and I, we, some of the girls and I, we just like, we see each other as often as we can. And we talk to each other and we just do have like this, we used to write and then we will get together and workshop our writing and see what the other one thought and what we should ad or what we liked about each other and it was very empowering and it was nice that it was like a girl group talking about each other and being so uplifting and so supportive of each other which is something I hadn't experienced before so it was very nice and yeah I think that is one of my proudest moments it was also so proud because like I handed in my my short story for the anthology and my short story is about a pandemic and like four days after I handed in, it was like a global pandemic in the world, like in actually like, oh the my. COVID. So it was crazy. And then I got the opportunity to present the book at the Hay Festival Querétaro. And I was asked about like, what how, how did it feel to like talk about the pandemic right before the pandemic? Because the, um, the similarities were so crazy. It was also about like this flu that people got and like some of the symptoms were so similar and I was like, yeah, it's insane. Like I should write nice things. I won't, but I should.
0: <laughs> That's so crazy. But I also, by the way, I wanted to go back about what you said about writing the anthology and just having a group of women like, you know, uplifting each other and, You know, giving each other feedback and just empowering. I think that is so powerful. Like women energy is so, it can be such a force of good and upliftment and empowerment. I love it.
1: Yeah. And like I said, we're still keeping in touch and we talk about each other's accomplishments and we just get so excited and we want to help each other. And yeah, it's very nice. Very different from a lot of things that I've experienced. So yeah, it was definitely nice. And Yeah, yeah. I wish I had a better adjective than just nice. (laughs) It's been a long day. Yeah, it's okay. I just, I realized that I've said nice. Like, every time I say nice, someone drink a shot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking there's a drinking game now. (laughs) But yeah, like, it's a great experience. And I think we should be encouraged to work together more because I don't think we give each other enough credit to work together as women. And we're just, yeah we just better if we work together, I feel, instead of Mm -hmm. tearing each other down. Exactly. yeah. And having that community. Yeah, for sure. And empowering women between us, like that is so important. Because then we get visibility and we get support in ways that we aren't supported.
0: 100%. Thank Mm -hmm. you for saying that. And now I want to ask you, if you could share a time in which you failed. So what happened? How did you handle the situation and what did you learn?
1: (laughs) I fail every day by being socially awkward. (laughs) I think I I do tell terrible jokes. I don't tell terrible jokes to just everyone, but like people I'm close to, I do. (laughs) So I know I do that. And people who are close to me just ignore them. (laughs) They're just like, but yeah, a lot of the times I just spend My days just thinking about conversations, and I'm like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Like, they're gonna take it the wrong way because I can be very socially awkward. Because I, I I don't know. I'm trying to be nice. I just I get very anxious about socializing. I don't socialize. Like, I'm very much of a hermit. I don't really leave my house. So when I do, it just takes so much energy out of me. And I'm like, I'm trying my best to like try to fit in. I don't know how to fit in, and it's just like it's just terrible. I get very anxious. And I, I, I hate feeling like that because I'm like, I should be a bit more forgiving with myself. And it's like, it's fine. Like you don't, like we were saying, which you, you're not going to, not everyone's going to like you.
0: Exactly.
1: But I do. I do feel like I should be more, I don't know. I feel like I should be a puzzle piece that fits with every single person. And that's one of the hardest things I, I have to go through in life, letting go. And like, you're not going to fit in every single person puzzle box and it just is yeah exactly that's okay so yeah i get very anxious around people because i feel like they should be liking me or like i i don't know it's very hard (laughs) and yeah i get social anxiety a lot it's very hard i have changed like i used to be worst but yeah it's still hard
0: and andrea what has motivated you or what motivates you i think i working on marketing
1: like working on my projects for for screenwriting or for like my writing short stories that motivates me i feel more confident into where i fit into this literary world of books and screenwriters and movies and tv shows and i think i live more in myself than i used to and i like i said i'm so much more confident than i was i i'm not terrified if I mess up because I know that if I write something that doesn't work it's fine like I can learn from that whereas I used to be terrified because I and I wouldn't even try it because I was like no like what if I I suck at this or what if I'm not good what if I don't make the cut and it's like well you'll never know if you don't try (laughs) so if I push myself a lot more than I used to I used to be in very comfortable places where I wouldn't need to push myself so now I'm like you know if you're not trying then what's the point you know like people already like if you don't go out there and try to find a yes you already have the no. you know if you're not yes if you're not doing something to get the yes then you're never gonna get yes so so yeah it's knowing that a no doesn't mean that I'm failing it just means that there's something I need to work on or maybe that that's not the door I should have open like exactly. maybe or maybe that's not the time for to open that door you know so i i think i'm more patient with what i want <laughs> than i used to be i used to be so anxious like no i need it now no no and now i'm like no it's okay like there's something that you need to do before you open that door or that you get that yes like yeah
0: that is wonderful and i love that because i also come from a similar place <laughs> So of like, how to explain of like wanting things like right away, it's like, no, slow down because even something that I think about sometimes is like, okay, what if it comes and you are not ready, right? I don't know. You may be, maybe at this time at 25, you want to be CEO of a company and then you want it really bad, but then if they offered you the position right now, you are not ready, right? Like, how are you going to do this? You know, so I think that's why we need to be patient because we need to, something that you were saying in the other interview too, is that whatever you're doing now is giving you the skills and the knowledge that you need for the things you want to do in the future. And that's so important, especially for people like us who are anxious (laughs) Yeah, and who want things right away is like, be patient. Everyone is going at their own pace. Things will come when you are ready. And, and I don't know, even like in an interview that I did, I interviewed Candice Ward. She's a sports photographer. And she was telling me that she was shooting, she was going to shoot, I think the women's NBA because a photographer had recommended her. She was saying like, yeah, it was recommended, but it was all the shoots that I've done in the past 20, 15 years that prepared me for that moment. So yeah, I mean, like, for example, if you're straight out of Photography course and they ask you to shoot the women's NBA, like so. You know you're gonna, yeah. You're not prepared, so yeah. I love what you said about being patient.
1: Yeah, for sure, and it. it also just because I have this idea of I, I want to be a screenwriter. I don't know. Maybe in the books I don't become a screenwriter, and maybe I become a. I don't know. I do marketing for I don't know Penguin Random House or, you know, like a big. Bookhouse, and that's okay. Like I think that I was just so determined to be a certain. Like I said in the other interview, like I was determined to be an actress. I was working for that, and then I done some acting things, but shifted when I realized that I wanted to write more, that I wanted to be seen or to be in the spotlight. I just wanted to tell the stories that were in my head; they were running wild, and I just, you know, (laughs) I just had to put them down in paper. But I'm okay, whatever, like I feel like I work so hard and I created all, all these different roads that whichever road I end up in the future, I should be okay with it because I work hard and because I have the skills and because I am there for a reason. And I I, I truly believe that we end up in the place that we are supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And talking about that and being determined I want to ask you, what are your goals or plans for the future?
1: My goals and plan for the future. Well, first of all, to finish my degree in marketing and just like be done with university. I feel you. Yeah, yeah, I know. We are the same coin with the different sides. Like we, you and I, we are just <laughs> yeah, two peas in a pot. Like seriously, it's just the similarities are just crazy. But yeah, I think I my goal is to sell my tv show that will be awesome and if not i have other ideas but yeah the goal will be to sell that one because that one's the one that's done <laughs> and register and everything's ready to go i'm working on an anthology which i will love to release at some point when i have the time for it and i'm making my way through marketing so that's fun i think there's a few things here and there that i'm working towards and i'm very excited I'm also excited for the things that I don't even know that I should be excited for, you know, because like life's just, there's just turns and surprises that are yeah things that you don't even see coming. So I'm excited to see, you know, where this year takes me because every year I don't know where I'm going to go with things. And I started last year with a job that I loved and then I ended up with a, a whole different job. Which is insane to think about, like, yeah, a year ago, I was so happy with my job, and now I'm somewhere else, and I'm happy. Very interesting, for sure. That'll be it.
0: <laughs> and Andrea, I didn't ask this on the Spanish version, but I have this question, so I'm going to ask it. Yeah, sure. If you could go back to when you were 25, would you change anything or make things different? Mm, what an interesting question. Would I? I don't think so. I think it's tricky
1: to change something because what are the consequences of that? Like, I don't know. I've the been, butterfly effect. Yeah, for sure. It terrifies me. <laughs> for someone in a wild imagination to go back and change things, it just doesn't seem right. <laughs> I don't know. I have such a hard trouble with that. I don't think I would change anything. Maybe I will be more like, or maybe I'll be more like enjoy more. Like you don't have to be so strict with yourself because i am so strict with myself like i like go out and have fun like it's okay to not worry all the time take more pictures take take more videos like but but also at the same time I, i i understand where i was mentally and what i was going through and i don't know i feel like if i ever have the chance to go back in time i would just hug myself i would just be like i would just hug myself and be like you were doing great <laughs> yeah yeah i don't think i will change anything i will just be more yeah i love myself a lot more
0: yeah, more compassionate
1: yeah for sure yeah. i look at myself with a more compassionate
0: eye than i did back then that's beautiful okay. <laughs> Andrei, yeah. it's actually we're going to the last question what advice do you have for today's 20-somethings or what do you wish you knew when you were 25?
1: Interesting. I didn't realize that I could tell myself when I answered the first, the one in Spanish. It will have been better than my other answer. <laughs> but I, like, I wish in people in their 20s will, from my experience, is that, it's okay to take a break. It's okay to, to when you feel like something's not clicking. When you feel like something's not working in your life, like it's okay to take a break and realize why things aren't working. Because I feel like there's so much pressure into you knowing who you are when you're 20s when you don't even know who you are. So I feel like people should take their time to go out and understand who they are and what they want out of life and what are their goals and not and even if you don't know the answer right away. Like, that's the time when you get to experience life and see what's out there and where do you want to go? Because it's insane for people to assume that by the time you're 20, 25, you're going to know everything or you're going to have the perfect family and you're going to achieve this some sort of perfection that it's just insane This everyone's different. So not everyone has the same goals or not everyone's the same things and that's fine. So yeah, I think... I wish I could tell them and I could tell myself not to be so hard and to then that it's okay to question things, you know, and it's okay to not have every answer and, and it's okay if you want to take some time up to figure it out. I, yeah. I don't think we get to do that as much as we will want to, because there's things that we have to do when we reach a certain age and then, especially in Latin American families because they like Latinos, we just like, you should be, by the time you are of uni, you should get married. You should have kids. Like there's never a time for you to be by yourself and figure you out and have your own stories and to see different things and to see the world and to experience different cultures. Like it just, There's just no time for that because you are supposed to be doing all these things that society expects from you. So, yeah, I would just say, screw society. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would just say that you should just do you and find your own rhythm in this thing we call life. Because it's just so fleeting and life goes by so fast that when you're young, you should do whatever it is. you want to do or you settle down or you get the ceo job that you wanted or like you need to i remember when i was trying to be an actress someone told me that the best way to be an actress is to be out there and live your life because then you'll have those memories you'll have those experiences and you can pull that into your acting and yeah i think that when you go out there and experience life then you won't resent or regret as much when you get older
0: it's amazing I love it (laughs) and Andrea is there anything you'd like to share that you think it's important and I didn't ask no I think what I
1: said before like I should think about my past self with a lot more compassion and with like I didn't have the knowledge or the wisdom that I have now and I do I do my heart does break for that Person who I was and like where I m- mentally was and and I think that through every experience and everything that's happened and everything I've lived that even though things has haven't been easy they have definitely taught me that I have so much in me and that I am so much stronger than I thought I was so yeah I think it's nice to think about where you were and where you are and even though I don't. I try not to think about the future because the future is just, just so unknown and so far. It just you, you can control it. That's my point. Like so to, to look back at who I was. I think it's it's very special to have the opportunity to to do that and to talk to people like you that has so much similarities. And and I don't know if anyone out there shares a similar thing that you heard here it will be interesting to to listen to just go to the project 25 and write on the comments and let us know Thank you yes. <laughs> i just my, my bed <laughs> my commercial bit <laughs> but yeah yeah for sure like it's it's also interesting to hear what your experiences are like everyone who's listening because i'm sure you can agree or disagree with anything we've said and it'll be interesting to also know what people were like when they were 25 or if they're not 25 like what do they expect when they're 25 because also society has changed a lot since i was 25 so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to also read or listen to what other people have been through or expect to go through
0: thank you very much andrea that was awesome and yeah thank you for your time and yes for being here (laughs) yay thank you for having me Thank you very much for listening. If you'd like to support the show, please share this episode with your friends or with someone who may benefit from this conversation. You can also rate the show and leave a review and follow it on Instagram at project25.podcast. And if you'd like to share your story or know someone who does, feel free to email me at andrea.project25 at gmail.com. You can also send me your comments and suggestions in case you want to see someone here. And that's all from me. Bye-bye.